This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. Yes, we got him. We're going to talk about Andrew Cuomo and his resignation, which is not immediate. He's still the governor of New York this moment in time. It looks like I'm still having some internet issues. I don't think it's on my end. I paid my internet bill last night. I went and zeroed it out like it wasn't due, but I went and zeroed it out just in case last night after I got off the air. So I'm like, I don't want that shit to happen again. So I'm assuming it's my VPN. I actually get a lot faster internet speeds when I'm bouncing my IP address off something overseas. But then there are things like I can't watch C-SPAN if I'm bouncing my IP address overseas. Because you have to have like a local cable provider in order you have to have an account with C-SPAN. It's weird. There are reasons I don't use a server over in Romania, which always tends to work better, it seems. That would really fuck up the right-wingers, wouldn't it? Tried to find out where I was. They, they thought I was in Romania. Cut off a little bit early last night because of internet issues. I even did like a whole different outro for the people on the podcast and YouTube. Because I'm a professional. We'll try to plot our way through this one, though. Because <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. There's not only Cuomo resigning. We have a rare disease that has been found in four different states in the U.S. We've still got the COVID disaster that's going on. We're going to talk about Ron DeSantis apparently says he didn't request or the Florida didn't request ventilators from the federal government. Governor Abbott in Texas is being sued. The city of San Antonio is suing the governor of Texas over mask mandates, over the ban on mask mandates. We're going to talk about the cop shooting in Chicago. The cops pulled some bullshit, all turned their backs on Mayor Lori Lightfoot. But they have released the video now. We're going to get to see the body cam. By the way, Smokey is outside. If he comes up to the door and he's knocking on the door wanting in, you got to let me know. I won't hear him. And he gets really pissed off if I don't go back there and let him in. You see him walking around out there on the patio. (laughs) I I enjoy having a screened-in back patio where the cats can go out and they can... Uh, they can associate with the wildlife, the possums, the squirrels. A lot of squirrels come up here. The deer. I get deer in my backyard an awful lot. All right. Caucus characters. I'm a little upset with you. Tweeted out earlier today, name something you can do, but Marjorie Taylor Greene cannot. He said he'd start it off. Tweet. Well, caucus characters, you're like rubbing it in my face because do you know who can't tweet? Me. 
I thought it was a shame that I... Oh. I thought it was a shame that Marjorie Taylor had a Twitter and I didn't. She was able to tweet up until this morning. It's a week-long ban. I have not been able to tweet for like three fucking years. Apparently she is one more ban away from a perma ban. How the fuck has she not gotten one by now? You can see I'm getting ads for... By the way... I got some comments on a YouTube video. I went to go see the comment. When I pulled it up on my phone, the video played. It was the Obama... Like, I clipped the Obama birthday party thing about the drones and everything. Apparently, it was suitable for ads on YouTube, which most of my videos aren't. And Donald Trump popped up on my Obama video. I got an ad for Donald Trump on one of my videos. I found that ironic. We're going to talk about Trump here in a little bit. The acting attorney general gave testimony over the weekend. We're going to go over that. But first, I didn't get to talk about it last night. And this, I'm reporting on it tonight as the wildfire in Dixie, California is still raging and is being exacerbated by a drought. Earth is warming faster than previously thought, scientists say, and the window is closing to avoid catastrophic outcomes. What that means, I'm going to go ahead and summarize it for you. We got we to gotta get all fossil fuels yesterday. Yesterday. Or we're, we're dooming us. Not the planet. I watched the Young Turks segment on this and Chank said, my wife said, well, the planet will just shrug us off. The planet will be fine. I'm like, that's a George Carlin bit, sir. Your wife didn't say that shit. She, maybe she did, but she was quoting George Carlin. Make that perfectly clear. What's up, Robo? As the world battles historic droughts, landscape-altering wildfires, and deadly floods, a landmark report from global scientists says the window is rapidly closing to cut our reliance on fossil fuels to avoid catastrophic changes that would transform life as we know it. Well, welcome. I'm glad you've, you've ventured over here to my channel. I'm, I'm kind of a hybrid traditional media streaming kind of deal. I worked in terrestrial media for 20 years, and now, for the past year or so, I've been doing this show. I give you the news, a very good rundown of the daily news, and I do it while getting incredibly high and calling people dumb fucks. If you think right-wingers are morons, you have come to the right channel. The State of the Science report from the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change says the world has rapidly warmed 1.1 degrees Celsius higher 
than pre-industrial levels and is now careening towards 1.5 degrees, a critical threshold that world leaders agreed warming should remain below to avoid worsening impacts. By the way, I'm going to get slammed by maybe a hurricane. We don't know exactly if it's going to be a hurricane yet over uh, this coming weekend. So, yay! Only by making deep cuts to greenhouse gas emissions while also removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, technology we do not have yet. They're talking about carbon capture technology that does not exist. Only then can we halt the precipitous trend. Bottom line is that we have zero years left to avoid dangerous climate change because it's here. This is according to Michael E. Mann, a lead author of the IPCC's 2001 report. Unlike previous assessments, Monday's report concluded it is unequivocal that humans have caused the climate crisis and confirms that widespread and rapid changes have already cur- have already occurred, some of them irreversibly. But hey, we've still got Republican assholes arguing about it in the Senate. Here is Bernie Sanders arguing with a Republican asshole. Simply prohibit a penny ban on hydraulic fracturing. Such a ban would raise Americans' cost of living, weaken our national security, and of course, actually enhance greenhouse gas emissions. This is during talk about the the infrastructure bill that we're going to go over here in a second. Oil production has doubled, and natural gas production. I'm not high enough for this shit. That's helping states like Colorado, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and it rids us of our reliance on nations like Saudi Arabia and Russia. And, by the way, banning... You know what would also rid us of our reliance on nations like Saudi Arabia? Who is our ally, by the way? Ironically, Mr. President... Badass. ...ban on fracking would also increase global greenhouse gas emissions... Energy Secretary Grant Clean Energy would reduce our reliance on Saudi oil. Dirtiest form of natural gas on earth, unquote. And she's right. Emissions from Russian natural gas are over 40% higher than ours. Democrats fracking ban would be bad for North Dakota and our nation and the environment. And I urge You know what's bad for North Dakota? All the fucking earthquakes they're seeing because of the fracking. Their water catching on fire from their faucets my colleagues to vote yes the senate will come to order senators please take the conversations off of the senate floor the senator from vermont president i would urge my republican colleagues to read the recent ipcc report and if they did they would find that it is now unequivocal that climate change is caused by human activity and we are seeing what climate change is doing with our own eyes We can no longer be blind to this reality. We are seeing the intensity. The air quality in my state on the other side of the fucking country is being affected by the wildfires on the West Coast. And the increase in forest fires. We are seeing more extreme weather disturbances. We are seeing rising sea levels that will soon threaten the habitability of great American cities. And I'm still seeing asshole right-wingers arguing in the comments saying like, oh, all the predictions didn't come true. Motherfucker, we've exceeded the predictions. Miami floods on sunny days. Venice has to shut the fuck down for months on end 
because they're flooded. Whole islands have disappeared off the earth. Miami, New York, and Charleston. We are seeing the acidification of the oceans that threaten fishing and marine life. The coral reef is dying. We have got to move away from fossil fuel. We have got to end fracking. I urge a no vote on this amendment. The question is on the amendment. Is there a sufficient second? There is. The clerk will call the roll. Ms. Baldwin, Mr. Barrasso, Mr. Bennett, Mrs. Blackburn. I believe the vote failed. Are we going to get the answer here? They're going to cut us off. We'll find out when we go over all the ins and outs of the infrastructure bill, which passed the Senate earlier today. I've got stories laid out for that. But let's go ahead. Story that's on everyone's mind today. All the right-wingers talking about Andrew Cuomo resigning the governor of New York. The best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to government. Sir, much like climate change, this would have been better yesterday. Governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Because I work for you. And doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you. Because as we say, it's not about me. It's about we. Kathy Hochul, my lieutenant governor, is smart and competent. And you probably assaulted her as well. Seamless. We have a lot going on. I'm very worried about the Delta variant. And so should you be. Oh, shit. Okay, let's uh, let's hear from uh, one of Cuomo's accusers, which I guess is probably what put this over the top. I believe she spoke with CNN on Sunday. I... Uh, had it set aside to play last night. But, of course, I had internet problems. It looks like I'm still having internet problems. The whole show will be available flawlessly on YouTube or your favorite podcast app if you are annoyed and don't watch me live right now. This is Governor Andrew Cuomo's accuser. One of them, one of the many... This morning and the Albany Times on with CBS. I'm sorry, on with Face the Nation. Spoke to Brittany Camisso, who is going public for the first time since she was identified as executive assistant number one in the New York Attorney General's devastating report of sexual harassment charges against governors. Look at the face she's making at him right there. In that report, Camisso said she was groped. And Both their faces were like the governor. He looked disgusting. Filed a criminal in that Andrew Cuomo against governor look at her face looking at him and then like he's like oh god damn andrew cuomo in that report Camisso said she was groped and sexually harassed by the governor and on friday filed a criminal complaint against him with the albany sheriff's office Camisso is one of 11 women accusing the governor of sexual misconduct and the state assembly is expected to finish an impeachment inquiry later this week Cuomo denies the allegations and says... What's up, Cricks? Why did you file that criminal complaint with the sheriff's office? It was the right thing to do. The governor needs to be held accountable. And just so I'm clear again, Mm -hmm. being held accountable to you... Okay, hold on. This isn't the the whole thing. Let's watch the whole thing. 
Hold up here. My apologies. The first woman to file a criminal complaint against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is telling us why she did it. In an exclusive interview with CBS This Morning and Albany's Times Union newspaper, Brittany Camisso says Cuomo groped and sexually harassed her. Camisso was identified as executive assistant number one in the state attorney general's report and is one of 11 women who accused the governor of sexual misconduct. Cuomo denies all their allegations. Camisso says the governor broke the law. I, I don't think he denied anything. I think he's like, that's just the way I am. I grab people. I kiss them. I grope them. Needs to be held accountable. I guess he denied that he did anything inappropriate. Job, and it unfortunately turned into a nightmare. 32-year-old Brittany Camisso started working as an executive assistant in New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's office in 2017. Nearly four years later, she's the woman known as executive assistant number one in the New York Attorney General's report into allegations of sexual harassment by the governor. In the report, you're known as executive assistant number one. I am executive assistant in the governor's office, but I am also a mother. I am a daughter. I am a friend. I'm a colleague. I am more than executive assistant number one did she write the speech where cuomo was like i'm a muslim i'm a gay person because <laughs> there's like the famous speech of cuomo where he's like because in new york we're all one community he says governor cuomo groped her twice the first time on new year's eve december 31st 2019 at the governor's mansion. I had to go over to the mansion to help the governor with... A- I did not have any of the uh, MyPillow symposium. And while I was upstairs in the office, the governor said, why don't we take a selfie? So his suggestion, you yes. say? We might watch some tomorrow. I don't know. I didn't think it was very important. We've got I other we got other shit to cover. I'm sorry, Cricks. A selfie, his hand go down my back onto my butt... And he started rubbing it, not sliding it. He's a butt guy. You know, quickly brushing over it, rubbing my butt. I know, I know. I am so sorry. I do. Well, this was while I was taking the I apologize. I tried multiple different servers. I do not know what is going on with my VPN service. And I'm I'm kind of afraid to just, you know, cut off my VPN and do it, you know, with my naked IP address out there. Because you guys know the way I am. I don't know what's up with my, my VPN. I do encourage everyone, like, you can watch the full show on YouTube. It will be up there, un, unabated. My apologies again. Also, like, I don't know about the emote thing. Apparently, I can't give you guys more emotes. I thought I got a notification from Twitch that I can give more emotes out. I can't. I don't have enough channel points. I don't know how you earn channel points. I have several subscribers. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. But I do not know how to earn more channel points to get more emotes. Maybe it's the unlocking the emotes with your your bubbles down in the in the box. Oh no! Selfie. I became so nervous that my hands were clearly shaking, and a lot of the photos that I was snapping were completely blurry. I showed him them, and he said, oh, you know, those aren't, you know, those aren't good. 
And he said, why don't we go sit on the couch and we can take a better one. So you sat on the couch. Um, I sat on the couch because I thought to myself, okay, I don't think on the couch that he would have a way to just do what he just did. So I felt safer, actually. On he grabbed couch. a tit this time. And in the photo, you know, I have my arm wrapped around his shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, almost as if, you know, we were taking a picture with a buddy. Mm-hmm. And that is the one that has been blurred out that has been now released to the public. The governor has denied that he put his hand on Camisso's bottom during the selfie. Camisso alleges that the governor groped her a second time at the governor's mansion in November of 2020. So he gets up and he goes to give me a hug. And I could tell immediately when he hugged me, it was in a probably the most sexually aggressive manner than any of the other hugs that he had given me. Um, It was then that I said, you know, uh, Governor, you know, my words were, you're going to get us in trouble. And I thought to myself, that probably wasn't the best thing to say. But at that time, I was so afraid that one of the mansion staff, that they were going to come up and see this and think, oh, you know, is that what she comes here for? And that's not what I came there for, and that's not who I am. And I was terrified of that. And when I said that, he walked over, shut the door, so hard to the point where I thought, for sure, someone downstairs must think, they must think if they heard that, what is going on, came back to me, and that's when he put his hand up my blouse and cupped my breast over my bra. I knew it, I called it. I remember looking down, Seeing his hand, which is a large hand, thinking to myself, oh my God, this is happening. It happened so quick. He didn't say anything. When I stopped it, he just pulled away and walked away. I want wow. to tell you what the governor said, quote, to touch a woman's breast, who I hardly know, in the mansion, with 10 staff around, with my family in the mansion, to say I don't care who sees us, I would have to lose my mind to do such a thing. Yeah, I... I that is disgusting. I think you're an idiot, sir. I know the truth. He knows the truth. I know what happened. And so does he. For more than three months, she says she didn't tell anyone until she watched Governor Cuomo's press conference on March 3rd. But this is what I want you to know. And I want you to know this from me directly. He almost has this smirk that he thinks that he's untouchable. That was the tipping point. I broke down. Yeah. You know, I said. I think that he thought he was untouchable. I felt like he was personally saying it to me. I never touched anyone inappropriately. Yes, you did. Yes, you have. And not only. Yes, you showed pictures of you touching people inappropriately. That's when I, I broke down. I told my coworkers a little bit. And there were two people you told this to at the time. Yes. Why did you file that criminal complaint with the sheriff's office? Because it was the right thing to do. The governor needs to be held yes. accountable. Being held accountable to you mm-hmm. means seeing the governor charged with a crime. What he did to me was a crime. He broke the law. Camisso says she's thankful to the other accusers for giving her the strength to come forward. There was a time when it 
between my personal life and this, it was too much. People don't understand. You know, it's the governor of the state of New York. He is a professional fighter. And I think people should know that it hasn't been easy. A very connected man. And I apologize that I haven't come forward sooner. Camiso doesn't remember the exact date the governor allegedly grabbed her breast, something Cuomo's attorney pointed out in a recent news conference. CBS News has asked... So, not a big deal. That's totally understandable when you've been through a trauma. I don't remember the dates of fucking anything. Well, RB, I, like, I'm still having internet issues, so... I'm going to go off and come back on. I'm going to be back. We're going to stop this stream and we're going to come back again. Hopefully, I'll try another server. We'll make this work. This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. I'm just going to act like nothing happened. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. <laughs> no, no, we've already been on for like 30 minutes. My my internet still it's still blinking red, but the numbers are correct this time. It looks like my upload speed is is capable of handling a stream at this moment. I try to never be late. You guys know me. All right, we were we discussed climate change in the IPCC's report. We listened to Bernie Sanders run down the Republicans on dragging their feet about climate change. Yes, I talked about how the hurricanes probably going it might be a hurricane. We don't know yet. We don't know if it's going to be a hurricane. It looks like it probably will get up to hurricane strength. But as of right now, it's still a tropical storm. It's going to it's gonna hit Florida by like Friday or something. I don't know the exact path. It, I, I think it's going to hit me by the weekend. The wildfire is still raging in California. We watched... Governor Andrew Cuomo say that he is resigning. I don't think he said it in the clip that we watched, but it's going to be effective in 14 days. So we've still got two weeks of the motherfucker to put up with before he's actually out. We listened to the accuser that came forward, the executive assistant in his office that I believe was the, you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, the final crack in the dam, whatever you want to call it. For Cuomo seeing the writing on the wall and resigning, apparently the assembly was indeed going to impeach him. They had the votes to make that happen. But now I want to talk about how I saw so many right-wingers just rejoice over Cuomo resigning and saying that he needed to be in jail. Now, I'm happy about Cuomo resigning, but if you're going to be intellectually consistent, you need to call on Matt Gates to resign. I'm, I'm talking to you, right-wingers, specifically. You, not me. I'm over here calling on Matt Gates to resign. Jim Jordan to resign. 
fucking Trump. Trump was way, way worse than Cuomo. Trump raped a child. Now, right where you're going to say, oh, it was false accusations against Trump. Bullshit. He admitted to sexually assaulting women on video. He admitted that he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein and they both like young girls. On video! It's on video! But I mean, me pointing out the hypocrisy of Republicans is nothing new. They say they believe in freedom, but they supported a motherfucker that tried to end this country as we know it. That tried to trample all over the Constitution. And the acting attorney general during the end of the Trump administration, Jeffrey Rosen, provided seven hours of testimony before a Senate panel that is investigating election interferences took place on Saturday. Former acting attorney general Jeffrey Rosen, a central witness in multiple investigations into former President Donald Trump's effort to undermine the 2020 presidential election, spoke with Senate Judiciary Committee investigators for seven hours on Saturday. Rosen, who repeatedly rebuffed Trump's efforts to cast doubt on the election results in the final days of the administration, appeared in a closed session of the committee. Senator Richard, Senator Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat from Connecticut, a Democrat from Connecticut, who was at the session on Saturday, said he was struck by how close the country came to total catastrophe. Not the only catastrophe facing this country at the moment. That our leadership is woefully unprepared for. Blumenthal said information was presented that hasn't been publicly revealed before. There were some very relevant and important facts and equally important some good leads about where the investigation can go. Of course, the chairman is the one to decide, but there were some highly significant leads that unquestionably the Judiciary Committee should pursue. That was according to Blumenthal. Rosen's testimony comes a week after a House committee released documents showing how Trump urged Rosen to publicly declare that the election was corrupt during telephone conversations with the nation's then-acting chief law enforcement official. Last week, the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee released notes of Trump's conversations with Rosen, memorialized by a top aide to the former acting attorney general, showing how the former president pressured the Justice Department. Just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. Trump said in a December phone call with Rosen, according to handwritten notes of the conversation. Do you think we're stupid? Do you think we're fools? Yes, luckily, you are stupid, and you are fools, and that's why you weren't able to successfully commit a coup. During the phone call on December 27th, Trump urged Rosen to take action, saying people are angry and blaming the Justice Department for failing to respond to legitimate claims of voter fraud. You guys may not be following the internet the way I do, Trump said, according to notes by former acting Deputy Attorney General Richard Donahue. Rosen pushed back, telling Trump the department had conducted dozens of investigations and hundreds of interviews, but had found no evidence to support the claims. We are doing our job. Much of the info you're getting is false, Rosen said. Of course it was! 
Senator Durbin was on with MSNBC. From Dick Rosenfeld to Dick Durbin. Details about the former president's attempt to overturn the 2020 election result, thanks to testimony from his former acting attorney general, Jeffrey Rosen. Rosen told the Senate Judiciary Committee over the weekend about efforts by his own deputy to enlist the DOJ in sowing doubt about the election results. Our next guest sat through Mr. Rosen's testimony and concluded that Trump's post-election efforts were, quote, leading up to a coup. Joining us now, the chairman of the... I, I think it was an attempted coup. Not leading up to a coup. for making some time for us, sir. It's good to be with you. I wonder if you can elaborate. I saw your interview with my friend, Dana Bash, and, you know, we cover coup attempts in countries like Turkey. Would you describe it as a coup attempt? Well, it's its its own version. And I would say just look at the progression of events. First, the onslaught of... Law. God damn it. Democrats are so horrible with messaging. Oh, no, hold on. Let me create all kinds of caveats and nuance, which there may exist, but we're fighting an information war with completely disingenuous assholes god damn it going through the judiciary with many of the judges that he'd appointed he figured he'd find a friend and he would open up the conversation about uh, there being some sort of fraudulent voter account in one of the states didn't work tried 50 or 60 times then he went to the department of justice and he decided he would manipulate the attorney general into really initiating an investigation into particular states. Jeffrey Rosen, uh, I want to say in a positive reference to him, voluntarily came before our committee, was interviewed for seven hours, and told us a lot of the story of what happened in that period of time. Uh, And I want to say, even though we were skeptical of Mr. Rosen going in, he stood his ground, and I'm glad he did. It was very important for our country. And then came finally January 6th, and we know what happened then. He turned the mob loose on the United States Capitol in an effort to subvert uh, the constitutional process. So we shouldn't dismiss this as just a bad day for Donald Trump. It was a conscious planned strategy that did not work, thank goodness. And the Constitution held, and we finally have the new president. He was just throwing everything he could. Mr. Rosen voluntarily provided you with seven hours of testing. I am convinced that the reason why he wanted to pull all of our military out, that came out after he left office, that he wanted to pull all of our military out. I'm convinced that he thought he was going to use the military against us. Because on on the face of it, I'm for that. But when Trump is doing it, you've got to wonder what is the motivation so when the country went through a second impeachment trial and that and that is why there was like 300 or 400 something generals that signed on to a letter talking about how that the military couldn't be used on u.s soil i can't explain his motive or his decision in earlier proceeding but he could not have been more cooperative he came to us voluntarily there was no subpoena involved Uh, Once the attorney general made it clear that they're not going to assert any privilege in his testimony, uh, he knew that he was not being held back, and he volunteered. And glad, I I think he was very cooperative from my point of view, start to finish. Do you think, I mean, it sounds like he was happy to be there and very forthcoming. Do you think there was a threat that he faced? I mean, why why do you think he didn't, I mean, you were a juror, you were a juror twice. 
Um, the second time, it was a bipartisan um, impeachment vote, a bipartisan conviction vote. Do you think someone like him offering seven hours of testimony to the United States Senate might have made a difference in terms of whether the ex-president was convicted the second time? I, I'm not no. Sure. Is that really focused on the no. Election? No. No. It didn't matter. It did not matter to those fucks. Of January 6th. And I thought they were so convincing, and even six or seven Republicans agreed uh, on the final vote. Uh, but what Mr. Rosen had to tell us preceded that event. It was the last week in December and the first week in January uh, when the president was making his full play and threat uh, to Mr. Rosen that we discussed in this investigation. Do you see them as connected, or does he see them connected to January 6th? I do, in terms of uh, President Trump. I mean, he was trying every trick in the book. First the courts, then the attorney general, and then the mob. Uh, he w I don't know what else he would have tried at that point, but uh, he, he was trying everything he could think of. And Mr. Rosen fit into the second scenario where the president was virtually threatening to replace the attorney general if he didn't do his bidding. I wonder, I and mean, we don't have a lot of examples of people inside Trump's deep inner circle cooperating with investigations, but one might... Well, there is no inner circle. ...of Don McGahn than the White House counsel, and it seems from reading the second volume of the Mueller report that Don... He turns on everybody. ...those investigators' eyes to other witnesses. Can you tell us what other witnesses you'd like to pursue? After I mean, can you get Jared or Ivanka in there? We have the U.S. attorney uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, who will be speaking to our investigative team, bipartisan investigative team, uh, in a few days. Uh, and then there are other the others we're considering. Uh, certainly, we'd like to have Jeffrey Clark do the same. Uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't. I hope he'll cooperate. And are there other states that Mr. Rosen was concerned that the Clark model of asking Rosen and Donahue to send a letter to Georgia, asking them to have the legislature avoid Joe Biden's win there? Are there other states that are on your radar? Pennsylvania, point, Arizona. Georgia was the focal point, but we're not ruling out those possibilities. We'll it was Pennsylvania and Arizona. They did the same thing. Evidence, uh, before we make a public report. And from listening to Mr. Rose, possibly Michigan too. Mr. Clark's conduct. Do you think it was criminal? I'm not sure. I want to characterize it uh, one way or the other. At this point, there's a lot of information. Trump's conduct was criminal. Mr. Clark will help uh, bring some clarity to the situation, but it certainly raised a question. And Mr. Rosen uh, understood that uh, Mr. Clark was waiting in the wings, and if he didn't do President Trump's uh, request, comply with those requests. Uh, he, he very easily could have been replaced. Does your committee's sort of investigative purview intersect with the 1-6 committee in, in, in mission or scope, and are you collaborating with them? Not at this point, but I think clearly we're prepared to. There's no reason why we would not. Uh, we had a bipartisan effort in the interview. Uh, they have a bipartisan committee. I think uh, if we have some information that we can share with them at some point, I wouldn't rule that out. Do you have any sense, just, I mean, th this is your expertise, and I think I spoke to you. Arby! Welcome to the Twitch! Degrees of alarm about what was Producer happening. Dave has been trying to talk you over you to the Twitch side. how you felt listening to the seven hours of testimony and had, having that sort of real inside look at what was really happening? Well, first, you have to understand that Bill Barr had, has resigned at the point when we start our questioning 
of Mr. Rosen. Clark, who had done the president's bidding in almost every uh, area, uh, and decided that the election was honest, the results were fair and accurate, said as much publicly, and then quit. I'm amazed Bill Barr stood up to him the way he did. Uh, and that's where Mr. Rosen came in. As I mentioned earlier, some of us were good at questioning. Is, is, it, is he up to the job? Can he stand up to this pre- president, whatever the pressure may be? I wasn't sure. I would have to say, based on what we know now, he did stand up. Would you like him to be more forceful in saying... But Jesus, that one crusty old white dude was all that was standing between us and the fall of democracy. ...base that believes in the big lie. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that, yeah. Clark sought to corrupt the Justice Department with. Um, is Is there a sort of function and a public testimony down the road for Mr. Rosen? I can't uh, tell you whether there will be any public testimony. There will be a release, of course, of what we heard in the course. I'm a different kind of streamer than the others on Twitch, though. Very forthcoming. I didn't believe he was evasive in any way. Uh, Most people don't like prepare and have, you know, segments and shit. Giving us a truthful account as he remembers. They're just kind of sitting around chatting with people. Do you plan to have him come back after you go speak to the U.S. Attorney from Georgia? I mean, are there? Do do you plan to continue to rely on him as a fact witness again to use the Don McGahn parallel with Mr. Mueller? I think he spoke to him. Old Don McGahn. I wouldn't rule it out, but I'd have to tell you that. uh, Where the fuck's that motherfucker been at? Very good. Indicate. He's writing a tell-all book. Uh, and uh, we we're grateful for it. If there's a, additional information necessary, uh, we might request him to return. Um, you've been so generous with your time. I, I just have a question for you about whether or not you asked him about the reference in Mr. Donahue's notes about Donald Trump saying, I'll take care of the rest after you declare the election corrupt along with my R accomplices. Do you know who the R members of Congress are? Did you ask him? Uh, I wasn't there for that particular... I can name you a few of them. I can't give you a good response. I can. There were Republicans who knew about... Jordan McCarthy, Gates. I don't know that. Uh, I would just have to tell you that there are aspects of the interview. I was out of the room some of the time and back in other parts of the... Crenshaw, Cawthorn... Every question was Bobert, Green. But uh, the seven hours were carefully monitored uh, by staff, Democrat and Republican staff. We're going through reviewing the transcript at this point. She's kind of blurry. Look how, like, Durbin's shot is way clearer than hers. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking she's at home on a green screen. And Durbin actually has, like, a professional TV camera in front of him. Because this, this is weird to me. You see this a lot through the pandemic era. I think she's Zooming from her house. Congress should and will get to the bottom of who at least Trump was referring to when he told Mr. Rosen and Mr. Donahue that if they could leave... Or maybe just, maybe it's just, like... Because I've noticed it a lot on the Mehdi Hassan show. The Mehdi Hassan always looks fucking blurry. And like, maybe it's just the MSNBC studios. They would deal with the rest of it. Is that of interest to you? And, and of course is that something is. you'd like to get? Okay. I, I, I can guess who is. I mean, my camera is like $50. I'm clearer than she is. We are today. And there are quite a few of them. Let's be very honest about yes. that. Some of them were outspoken. <laughs> One or two appeared before the rally uh, that he held on. New oh, yeah. Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks. To assault the Capitol. Add him so to the list. To identify his loyalists. They were pretty proud of that label. 
and still are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not hard to identify them. To spend some. Very good point, Dick Durbin. Now, a federal judge is questioning the limit put on restitution. Federal judge asked prosecutors Monday to explain why restitution in capital riot cases was limited to $1.5 million for repairs to the building when the total cost to taxpayers was $500 million per Politico. D.C. Chief U.S. District Judge Beryl Howell's comments come about two weeks after she questioned whether it's appropriate for prosecutors to offer defendants misdemeanor plea deals in cases that saw insurrectionists terrorizing members of Congress. Let that sink in. We have a judge who are not known to be the most liberal people questioning the Biden DOJ's prosecution of Capitol insurrectionists. Oh, I'll give you that. Well, that was Savannah Guthrie, right? Like, yes, Savannah Guthrie is way better looking than I am. But I am crystal clear, and she was blurry. Howell made the comments about costs during the plea hearing of Glenn West Lee Crow, 46 of Colorado Springs, who pleaded guilty to pandering, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building after attending a pro-Trump rally. Howell questioned why the U.S. Attorney's Office was looking to require only $2,000 in each felony case and $500 in each misdemeanor case. I'm accustomed to the government being fairly aggressive. Fairly aggressive. Yes, I've, I've covered courts for years. I have watched prosecutors come heavy-handed on fucking everybody because you're wanting to get them to bleed out to lesser charges. Judge's quote was, I'm accustomed to the government being fairly aggressive in terms of fraud when there have been damages that accrue from a criminal act for the restitution amount. Or we have Congress acting appropriately all this money due directly to the events of January 6th. I have found the damage amounts of less than $1.5 million when all of us American taxpayers are about to foot the bill for close to half a billion dollars. It's a little bit surprising. Yes, it is. Where's all the law and order people? Prosecutor Clayton O'Connor told the judge he'd be happy to get her the answer to her cost question. Congress last month passed a $2.1 billion capital security bill to help cover the cost incurred during the deadly insurrection. This included $70 million for the Capitol Police response to the attack and $521 million to reimburse the National Guard for deploying guards to help with security efforts on January 6th. The judge was being conservative! They owe us at least $600 million. Prosecutors announced riot damage estimate of approximately... One million four hundred ninety-five thousand three hundred twenty-six and fifty-five cents. Why is it so specific? <laughs> why didn't Why didn't you say just one point five million? Why Why was it one million four hundred ninety-five thousand three hundred twenty-six dollars and fifty-five cents? 
While it was unclear how it arrived at this figure, it seemed to be related to damages such as broken windows, according to the Washington Post. And, and, you gotta replace the door. Yeah, they stole a door. Also cost of going into cleaning the shit off the walls. Fuck yeah, door. I was hoping somebody would do that. Meanwhile, Trump has been throwing a hissy fit today, ripping McConnell as overrated. I don't know what that means. I mean, I agree McConnell is a piece of shit. Overrated, I'm not. He is an effective politician, so I wouldn't call him overrated. Trump rips McConnell as overrated ahead of infrastructure bill's passage. Where President Trump on Tuesday slammed Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell as overrated due to his support of the bipartisan infrastructure package, the upper chamber is poised to pass, did pass. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Nobody will ever understand why Mitch McConnell allowed this non-infrastructure bill to be passed. He um, He has given up on all the leverage for the big whopper of a bill that will follow. I have quietly said for years Mitch McConnell is the most overrated man in politics. Now I don't have to be quiet anymore. When was Trump ever quiet? Oh, thank you, RB. Yeah, you should. You get like a free month uh, subscription with your if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. But you do like like you got to click on the Twitch Prime thing. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. So, Trump goes on to say he is working so hard to give Biden a victory. Now they'll go for the big one, including the biggest tax increases in the history of our country. Fiery comments from the former president come hours before the Senate is set to vote on and likely likely pass the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure package, accumulating months of negotiations between lawmakers in both parties and the White House. <laughs> there was always a contentious relationship between Trump and McConnell. But McConnell appeased him. McConnell would always, you know, give the baby his binky. The infrastructure bill did indeed pass the Senate. With a robust vote after weeks of fits and starts, the Senate approved a $1 trillion infrastructure plan for states coast to coast on Tuesday as a rare coalition of Democrats and Republicans joined together to overcome skeptics and deliver a cornerstone of President Joe Biden's agenda. We're reading from the AP right now. The overwhelming tally provided fresh momentum. It was a 69 to 30 vote. The overwhelming tally provided fresh momentum for the first phase of Biden's Build Back Better priorities now heading to the House. A sizable number of lawmakers showed they were willing to set aside partisan pressures, at least for a moment, eager to send billions to their states for rebuilding roads, broadband internet, water pipes, and the public works system that underpin much of the American life. The vote also set the stage for a much more contentious fight over Biden's bigger $3.5 trillion package that is next up in the Senate a more liberal undertaking of child care, elder care, and other programs that is much more partisan. Child care and elder care is a partisan issue. 
that is much more partisan and expected to draw only Democratic support. Doesn't matter. All it needs is Democratic support. It's keeping Cinema and Mansion on board. That's all that has to happen. That debate is expected to extend into the fall. Well, guess what? You don't get to celebrate the bill that passed the Senate today because the House ain't going to pass it until the Senate passes the reconciliation bill. We hope. This is... We're going to see if they call the progressives bluff and we're going to see what the progressives do. The progressive caucus has said they will not vote for the bipartisan bill unless the Senate votes for the reconciliation bill. So that's the showdown we have coming up. Bernie Sanders seems incredibly confident. Remember, he came out, he he is the budget uh, committee chairman. Came out with a $6 trillion proposal. He's already compromised down to a $3.5 trillion. So I'm pretty sure he thinks he can pass this. I've got confidence in Bernie. I hope I'm not wrong. I, like They were able to get this one through, and I thought it was going to be a hell of a lot harder than what, what it was. I don't know what he's doing down there. I saw I saw a loaf next to me and I didn't know what was going on. I got really pissed off at him this morning. I was laying in bed with socks because socks is like fat and cuddly and purrs a lot. This motherfucker, I I guess he wanted me to get up and feed him, but there was still food in his bowl. He hops onto the bed and he's trying to like because like he goes after socks. Like socks does not like him. Those two don't get along. So he's like trying to like piss off socks. I guess to get socks to leave so I would get up out of bed. And like after three times of me shooing him away, he comes up a fourth time. And I swear, like I chased him through the fucking house. I grabbed his little kitty ass. I held him down and just hugged him and kissed him. Because he hates that. That was his punishment. I held him for a good 20, 30 minutes maybe. Just and he did not like it. It wasn't that long. I'm exaggerating. Maybe five minutes. I held him down. Put some more, don't you? I did not catch the cat. The cat was faster than I was. He's back! This damn cat. Can't see it, but Smokey's gonna come. Smokey's like, I'll come see you. Did you guys see me fall on the floor? That was kind of embarrassing. But also, I'm sure it was hilarious. I'm probably gonna cut it. Put it up on the YouTube. I tripped over my headphones and now they're like, they're fucked up. I've got a short in them. I might have to, I might have to cut off the tip and re-terminate it. There we go. I no what? Check, check, check. 
Check, 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 check. There we go. God damn it. It's all your fault, dude. It's all I've got spare headphones, but I don't like them. They're cheap ones that I just bought for other people to be in here in the studio with me. These are my nice headphones that I've had for 10 years now. You can definitely tell if you look at the top of them. They're old. Very old. This whole show has been a shit show. God damn it! Would you guys like to see me terminate some headphone cables? Well, I can't make my headphones work, dude. Oh, there we go. Finally. <laughs> I'm sorry, RV. I'm I'm a little confused by Twitch myself. I'm a relatively new tri- Twitch user. I don't quite understand how it works, but I will tell you, it's addictive, and you will end up fucking in rooms all night long. I do it quite often. I need to start hanging out in people's rooms that are, like, on before my show so that they'll grade me. That would be the smart move. Should I go and hang out in people's rooms after the show? Awesome. Thank you, RB. You rock. Erkin, welcome. Did you see me fall on the floor a second ago? Chased after a cat, and I fell flat on my face, and I fucked up my headphones. This is after we've had internet issues. It's been a crazy-ass show. We're still trucking, goddammit. With the Republicans in lockstep against the next big package, many of them reached for the current compromise with the White House because they, too, wanted to show that they could deliver and the government could function. Today's kind of a good news, bad news day, said Senator uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, one of the negotiators. The good news is that today we really did something historic in the United States Senate. We moved out of an infrastructure package. Something that we have talked about doing for years. The bad news, she said, is what's coming next. That's weird. She would talk about what's coming next. The reconciliation package is being a bad thing. I mean, all, all, uh, with with replaceable cable, like the cables that plug in. I mean, like I've got a, I've got my workbench over there. I've got some helping hands and shit. I can, I can terminate a cable pretty easily. Democrats leave out debt ceiling hike from budget for the three point five trillion dollars spending plan. I think that's a, I think that's on purpose. Senate Democrats on Monday unveiled a budget blueprint that paves the way for a massive spending plan they want to pass without GOP support. The budget resolution, which includes infrastructure, uh, 
which includes instructions for how to draft the $3.5 trillion bill, does not include an increase to the debt ceiling. Who cares? Uh, Democrats can pass the budget resolution and the spending plan on their own if all 50 of their members stay unified. Democrats want to pass the budget resolution this week after the Senate wraps up its work on a roughly $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure passage. Infrastructure package. Senate committees will then have until mid-September to write their parts of the $3.5 trillion bill in what is expected to be a weeks-long haggling session to try to lock down support from all 50 Democrats. Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, old chucky boy, said in a letter to his caucus that the budget resolution was a starting point for the negotiations among Democrats over the spending package. No! Bernie's $6 trillion proposal was the starting point. Please remember that the resolution only includes top-line reconciliation instructions to the committees and that every senator will have opportunities to shape and influence the final reconciliation bill after adoption of the budget resolution. He added that the budget resolution provides a target date of September 15th to the committees to submit their reconciliation legislation. We will work towards that goal and meet as a caucus during the week of the 15th to review the bill. Okay, so that answers my question. The House isn't coming back into session until September. I was wondering, are they going to come back in and take up the bipartisan bill that was passed by the Senate today? No. Okay, then. Budget resolution includes instructions for 12 Senate committees to have a hand in drafting the $3.5 trillion spending plan. Also, greenlights Democrats to include a slew of major priorities in their spending package later this fall, including universal pre-K, expanding Medicare, providing lawful permanent status for qualified immigrants, and clean energy technology. So, the good shit. The details of the spending plan are expected to go through weeks of intense negotiations among Democrats as Schumer tries to lock down support from every member of the caucus. Both Cinema and Manchin have raised concerns about the price tag. But any attempt to go smaller would likely spark fierce pushback from progressives in both chambers. Senator Bernie Sanders, the Budget Committee Chairman, touted the budget resolution as setting up the most consequential piece of legislation since FDR and the New Deal of the 1930s. Now, that's a low bar. Congress ain't done much since then. But man, is this bill, the reconciliation one, sending right-wingers into a tizzy. Let's hear from Louisiana Senator Old Lady Kennedy. Oh, Lady Kennedy was on Fox News. Laura Ingram. Oh, shit. We don't have sound. Where's sound? Morning. It's Louisiana Senator John Kennedy serves on the Senate Budget Committee, and he voted properly on this particular so-called infrastructure bill. Senator, uh, your message tonight to your 18 or so colleagues uh, who took this uh, path to help Biden, threw him a lifeline, and now we see what's going on. Going to $3.5 trillion now. Her top is the same color as my, like, lighting back here. What's up with that? It's a hot fucking pink. Well, I can just share with you my perspective, Laura. Um, Early on, I I was a likely yes on this bill. I mean, you know, who's not for infrastructure? I'm for children and prosperity, too. Bullshit. 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 What are you doing about the fucking coronavirus in your state? This is being overrun by it right now, Senator. I realized pretty quickly that... uh, 
if you look up stupid stuff in the dictionary, there's a... You'll see a picture of old lady Kennedy. Uh, they, they told us it was a real infrastructure bill. It's not. Only 23% of the bill is real infrastructure. The rest is Green New Deal and welfare. They told us the bill was paid for. It isn't. We're going to have to borrow maybe up to $400 billion to pay for it. They told us there was no, there were no, uh, no tax increases. There are. Uh, my state. Who told you that? Who told you that? In new taxes on our petrochemical industry. Good. Uh, they told us, as you pointed out, that uh, uh, the, the, the Democrats were, were, were really wary of this bill and that it would, if we passed this bill, it would make it harder for them to pass their $5 trillion tax and spending binge reconciliation. No, 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 no. Well, if that's true, how come every Democrat voted for this infrastructure bill? And finally, they told us that because uh, you're lying, it's not going to add to inflation, but it will. No, no, no. What's causing the current inflation was the Trump administration's policy. Those tax cuts that you signed on to. You know, he goes on to Fox News and says these stupid quips about, oh, well, if you look up stupid stuff in the dictionary, you'll get a picture of this bill. You got to have fucking bumper sticker phrases to go on Laura Ingram and say to your dumbass followers because you got no policy. This is Lieutenant Colonel Vinman talking with Brian Tyler Cohen on his podcast about the Republicans' lack of actual policy. You know, this, there's this mirage around policy disagreements and how the right uh, Republican Party still kind of adheres to principled policy approaches. That is not true. They do not have a policy. They literally do not have a policy platform going into 2020 elections. Yeah. Who's backing Trump and Trumpism? Yeah. So there is that is a red herring argument. That, that was literally what that was literally what their policy platform from the RNC was in 2020. Support Trump. We support Trump. Literally. It's a a culture war, and on one hand we have we have uh, cowardly. Uh, un-American, duplicitous behavior. On the other hand, we have uh, we have folks that are trying to do the right thing. And this is not about this is not. I'm not even talking about politics or uh, uh, pol- political parties. I'm just talking about the human beings that that are kind of exemplifying trying to do something good for this country and are being attacked. This symbol I wear on my shoulder, the American flag, it means something to me. It, I, it don't mean shit to me. One of the reasons I've been wearing this to, on every uh, uh, appearance I had pretty much is because I want to take the symbol back. Americans, we are too often now. I don't care. I don't care about your stupid symbology. It is being stolen by a far right that along with a, a Trump flag. flies. I, I'll agree. He does seem to be a person of good character. Absolutely. Facebook auto-playing some sort of protest. I'll have to check on that. But right-wingers are just bereft of any sort of policy. Being anti-Democrat or being anti-woke culture is about all they've got. Saying you're against the Biden administration is all the governor of Florida has. 
to combat coronavirus, which is a shame because it is raging in his state. DeSantis doubts reports of Florida requesting ventilators. Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, apparently, the state of Florida requested 300 ventilators from the federal government. I saw another. It was just a tweet. It wasn't an actual news story. I saw a news story about Florida requesting ventilators. I saw a tweet later saying the Biden administration had provided Florida with the 300 ventilators they requested. But now DeSantis is saying that didn't happen. Governor Ron DeSantis doubted the validity of a news article reporting that Florida requested hundreds of ventilators from the federal government amid rising COVID-19 cases in the state. Miami-based ABC affiliate WPLG reported Monday that 300 devices were expected to be delivered by day's end to replace expended state stores and cited a planning document from the Department of Health and Human Services, although the report didn't include who was the requesting authority in Florida. Apparently DeSantis said that didn't happen. Let's see if we've got the, we have the clip. What's the local news report here? Coronavirus cases keep climbing here in Florida. Hospitalizations also keep spiking with staff overwhelmed. Local 10 News reporter Madeline Wright is live at a testing site in Pembroke Pines with the latest. I wish they could feel shame. Absolutely, Janice and Christy. The Delta variant is fueling the latest wave of coronavirus cases here. The DeSantis variant. But now public health officials are trying to figure out if the Delta Plus variant is also part of the picture. Delta Plus is a mutation of the Delta variant that's been detected here in the U.S. and is distinctive for its unique spike protein. Meanwhile, testing is going on here. I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. Drivers have been lined up since bright and early this morning. About a dozen drivers headed into C.B. Smith Park when the gates opened once again this morning for coronavirus testing and vaccination. I want to go my second uh, shot of the vaccine um, because it's a requirement for my university. With the highly contagious Delta variant circulating, people in Miami-Dade County are waiting in long lines to get tested. People who are not vaccinated, let's just make sure you're negative. Uh, testing, quite frankly, is the one area that didn't become political. The number of infections is soaring. I, Trump tried to. Filling up. With more patients being admitted, Florida requested 300 new ventilators, according to a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services planning document. 99.5% of the deaths that we have because of COVID are in the unvaccinated population. This Broward Health internist says bed capacity is at 90%. Medical staff is close to a breaking point. The nurses, the physicians, they've passed burnout a long time ago. This is sheer exhaustion. Yes. A dispute about the numbers. The Florida Department of Health tweeted yesterday, the daily case counts for Florida currently posted on the CDC COVID tracker are incorrect. The current listing states 28,317. The health department then included a series of numbers it says are the correct case count. Back live at CB Smith Park testing. What the, what the, what the, the current listing for what day? It says the daily case counts for Florida currently posted. The current listing states 28,000 for what day? 
Also, there have been claims that Florida has been undercounting their numbers, but hey, we we also we've got to approach those claims with a little bit of skepticism because of who they came from. Over in Texas, San Antonio is suing Governor Greg Abbott. City of San Antonio suing Texas Governor Greg Abbott over the governor's executive order barring local governments from imposing mask and vaccine mandates. San Antonio Mayor Ron Nirenberg said in a statement that the city is challenging the governor's authority to suspend local emergency orders during a crisis such as COVID-19. Ironically, the governor is taking a state law meant to facilitate local action during an emergency and using it to prohibit local response to the emergency that he himself declared. The city of San Antonio and Bexar County filed the suit in Bexar County Court asking for a temporary restraining order to prevent the enforcement of the order. If the court grants the order, the San Antonio-Baxter County Health Authority will issue an order requiring masks in public schools and requiring unvaccinated students who are determined to be in close contact with someone who tests positive for COVID-19 to quarantine. Yes, they're wanting to stop people from quarantining! I have friends that got a letter <laughs> saying that their kids might have been exposed, but they are expected to still come to school unless they're feeling sick. Holy shit. Holy shit. We're fucked. We're fucked. We're fucked. We're fucked. Because as we we talked about at the top of the show, we need drastic action on climate change yesterday. And we can't even get people to take a fucking virus seriously when there is story after story after story after story after story of people being in the fucking hospital like, I was wrong about vaccines. Get the shot, please, right before they fucking die. Speaking of climate change, I would say that it had something to do with exacerbating this rare and fatal disease that has now been detected in four states. Something else we're going to have to deal with. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention confirmed a new fatal case of a rare disease. Oh, shit. I'm going to look it up. The other actually pronounce it. Melioidosis. Melioidosis? Melioidosis. Melioidosis. I'm assuming it's some kind of skin disease. Melioidosis. The case in Georgia is linked to three previous cases in Kansas, Texas, and Minnesota. The cases have included adults and children, two, two of whom have died. CDC has collected and tested more than 100 samples from products, soil, and water in and around the patient's homes. No samples have yet been positive for the bacteria. I'm not looking that one up. Burkholderiosolomonalia, which causes meliodosis. The CDC believes an imported product or ingredient such as a food or drink, personal care or cleaning product or medicine 
is likely the cause of the illness. Health officials are being advised to watch out for acute bacterial infections that don't respond to antibiotics. Now, it didn't say it in this article, but I think in another article I read that this is more common in tropical areas. That's why I was saying it was being exacerbated by climate change. I don't know that for a fact, though, and apparently this article did not state that. My apologies if I'm wrong on that front. Meanwhile, talk about being exacerbated. Family Dollar Store reopens after a We All Quit sign was posted on the door in Nebraska. Let's watch the local news report. What's up, Madison? Expected to close its doors for at least 24 hours. Former employees say the last of them quit today, but the store could reopen soon. 1011 House Jared Austin has this story. The orange signs have changed quite a bit in the last few hours today. As you can see now, the store says it's just temporarily closed and will be back open on August 9th. But earlier today, employees put up a sign saying that they all quit and they were sorry for the inconvenience. Today was the last day for the two employees remaining at the Family Dollar off of Layton Avenue. She was ready to quit, so I was just like, this isn't this isn't happening anymore. I'm done with it. Like, this isn't fair to anybody. Former employees made the call today and decided to put a note on the door telling customers they were closed because everyone quit. This comes around four days after the store manager quit as well. I felt so bad. I loved no. all the customers that I had all the time. No, no, don't feel bad. Not your fault. You didn't do anything. Not your fault. Don't feel bad. It is family dollars fucking fault that the customers were inconvenienced, not yours. I don't know. I felt really bad. She says the store made her work over eight hours most days while making $10 an hour as a cashier and $13 an hour as an assistant. 11 hours a day is a lot on a person. I have two young children and I barely got to see them. During her time at the Family Dollar, she says they were at full staff with five employees on the payroll. Since more people started quitting, they began... Love her Patrick tattoo. Instead of being open 9 to 9, they were open 9 to 7. We got employees hired. They went through the onboarding process. They worked for us two days, quit. They'd be done. So it was just a never-ending cycle of... Yeah, 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 fuck that. ...and then quitting, and then we wouldn't have anybody anymore. Not only were work days longer, but she says the employees were treated unfairly. According to the sign outside the door, they're expected to be back open tomorrow morning. Reporting in North Lincoln. Well, that was yesterday. Thank you, Jim. I hope they didn't open back up. Fuck your family dollar. Also, some employees that are unhappy with their bosses at their job. Chicago police officers. I want to do some content warning on this one because we do have video of the officer getting shot. I do not know any of the details. I know right-wing media has gone nuts over this story. After two Chicago officers shot, cops shun Lightfoot at hospital visit as morale sinks to an all-time low. A group of Chicago police officers turned their back on Mayor Lori Lightfoot when she visited their wounded colleagues at the hospital Saturday night reflecting the high emotions around policing in the city after two officers were shot on the south side. Lightfoot visited the University of Chicago Medical Center late Saturday after two police officers were shot in West Inglewood, 
One of them, 29-year-old Ella French, later died while the other remains hospitalized. Source with knowledge of the incident said Lightfoot was scalded while at the hospital by the father of the second officer who got shot. Lightfoot stood there and listened, according to the source. Afterward, Lightfoot tried to approach a few dozen cops who walked away from her and kept their backs turned, the source said. The mayor then walked away. Lightfoot's office released a statement Monday addressing the incident at the hospital by saying she was present at the emergency department to offer support and condolences to the families involved and the hundreds of line officers and exempts who were there, which she did. Lightfoot has a long, complicated relationship with Chicago police. As a former federal prosecutor, she touted her law enforcement background to earn support from police and firefighters during the 2019 mayoral election. But she has also worked for police reforms, heading the police accountability task force created by Mayor Rahm Emanuel following the release of video in the police murder of Laquan McDonald and recommending major changes. She wanted you to follow the law and you got a problem with it. Wow, I'm amazed. Although Lightfoot's encounter with police officers at the hospital is noteworthy, it isn't the first time a big city mayor has been greeted that way by cops. Several New York City police officers turned their backs on Mayor Bill de Blasio when he delivered a eulogy for NYPD officer Masotis Familia, who was shot and killed in 2017. Other officers also turned their backs on de Blasio in 2014 following the deaths of NYPD officers Rafael Ramos and uh, Wenjian Liu. Still, others said the incident at the UFC Medical Center reflects frustrations by Chicago cops and city leaders. Frustrations by Chicago cops that city leaders don't provide enough support to officers. I'm sorry, cops. What do you expect Lightfoot to do? Sit in the cruiser with you and give you a handy? What the fuck do you want? We're significantly down in officers. They are rushing for the exits. They are leaving law enforcement. They're looking to get hired by suburban municipalities. Suburban municipalities. They want to leave the cities and go work at the cushy jobs with the nice houses. They feel that leadership in Chicago does not have their back. I don't know what that means. And it really seems like the cops are playing politics. Let's let's actually check out the shooting. The body cam footage was released yesterday or today. Rainless video shows traffic stop before fatal shooting. Wait a minute. We don't have the whole body camera footage? What? Okay, two people have been charged in the fatal shooting of 29-year-old officer Ella French was killed during a traffic stop. A traffic stop. It was just a traffic stop. In West Inglewood, Saturday night. Her partner remains in the hospital after being shot. Amante Morgan, 21, is charged with first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, and unlawful use of a weapon by a felon, according to the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. Eric Morgan, 22, is charged with aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, unlawful use of a weapon by a felon, and obstruction of justice, These two kids are already felons. The system has failed. It's not, it's not, it's not the city not taking care of law enforcement. 
the system has failed already. If if these two kids were already felons. Safety team that officer. Okay, let's let's see if we have. It says it's only acquired a frame of the body camera footage. I thought we had the actual footage. I'm sorry if we don't, but content warning nevertheless. ...were part of had stopped a car on a public street, and so body cams were rolling. This morning, the I-team has obtained a freeze frame from one of the police body cams. What is seen here is the front seat of the suspect car. We aren't showing the woman in the passenger seat as she hasn't been charged. The driver seen here, Eric Morgan, according to prosecutors, has been charged with felony gun violations and obstruction of justice. And that is Officer Ella French with the flashlight shining through the driver's side window, according to a law enforcement official who provided us with this photo. Investigators now say French was killed by shots fired from the back seat, allegedly fired by Morgan's brother, Amante, who is now charged with first-degree murder. The special South and West Side Police Unit, comprised of two separate groups, goes by the benign-sounding name Community Safety Team. On Saturday night, neither the team nor the community were safe when an expired license plate traffic stop turned into a gun battle. No reason to fucking stop them. Police officers in a CPD vehicle here, all of them assigned to the... So... Like the motherfucker that called in was arguing with me about cops the other day. Like, if you actually believe that, you know, it's just a few bad apples and that's the problem with policing in the country, then you shouldn't have any problems with the reforms I want to propose. First of all, I don't think there should be routine traffic stops. I think you should take a picture of the license plate if you think there's something wrong and you send a ticket. Cut down on these kinds of interactions now, wouldn't it? the community safety team when they stopped a vehicle near West 63rd Street and South Bell Avenue. That's when investigators say the gunfire started. Stopping suspicious vehicles or known stolen vehicles have been primary tools of the community safety team since it was formed by Superintendent David Brown a little more than one year ago. And it consists of almost 300 officers combined with Summer Mobile for a total of almost 500 plus officers. Well, it seems like more cops isn't doing anything then, does it? Several factors. One, requests from district commanders or area deputies, community input, and crime data. By last Saturday night, that community unit had grown larger by the hundreds, with most officers assigned by what's called reverse seniority, not veteran tactical officers, as were assigned to similar units the past 40 years, current and former police officials tell the I-team that officers drafted to the new community safety squad are generally younger, less experienced, and may be less likely to have their weapons at the ready in critical situations. Superintendent Brown asked about that late yesterday. One person did this, not reverse seniority, not any other reasons that this person killed her and tried to kill other officers. And I won't entertain finger-pointing at anyone or anything else. They need to be fully held accountable for her murder. Since the 1970s, Chicago police superintendents have rebranded these programs as various concoctions, special, targeted, mobile, and... I like this dude. 
all tweaked in different ways with the fingerprints of the new boss. This morning, law enforcement observers tell the I-team that the real measure of how well any program is managed is what police call... But now, while we're talking about branding, like fucking your I-team is just your normal goddamn reporters, and it's a, it's like it's something ABC affiliates have like copyright on because the ABC affiliate I worked for had an I-team. What the fuck is an I-team? Like, you were mocking their, what, CRT response, whatever the fuck it was? And you're, you're like, oh, our I-team investigative to blah, blah, blah. God damn. All span of control. That is, the number of supervisors there are per officer. Ideal, said to be one sergeant for every eight or ten police officers. Police sources say the current community safety team falls well short of that mark. CST. CST, not CRT. Not the critical race theory, but we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. <laughs> yes. I know, I know. But it's just, it's just their other, like, it's not like they have some special investigators or some shit. They don't. It's it's the same fucking straight out of college reporters that are doing all the other stories. I promise you. I'm more of an I-team than any of their fucking I-teams. I'm surprised Apple hasn't sued them. All right, for this next story, I'm going to play a, a little piece of a song. I might I might get a fucking copyright. Matter of fact, I don't even know. Hold, hold on. I might get a copyright over this. I don't care. I want to I want to play this one little little bit of a song. This is a song called Inner Voices by Aquafina. Money management skills. I don't want to start a Roth IRA cuz I don't want to give my money to Bernie Madoff. Isn't Bernie Madoff dead? He's dead, right? Nah, that motherfucker not dead. He in jail getting booty ran by the feds. Getting- so now when I saw the story about Bernie Madoff's last days, I'm like, "Wait a minute. Bernie Madoff's dead?" I was like, nah, that motherfucker's not dead. You getting booty raped by the feds. Come on. But apparently he is indeed dead now. He, he died a few months ago. I was not aware of this. <laughs> but now it's coming out uh, about what happened to him in his last day. So let's go over to Fox Business talking about Bernie Madoff having his toes cut off. Mastermind of the largest Ponzi scheme in history has died. Susan, what do we have here? The $65 billion fraud from Bernie Madoff and really in the process destroying thousands of lives and livelihoods. So Bernie Madoff dying in a federal facility in North Carolina. Oh, this must have been when it happened. No, we want we want the details. The 82-year-old Madoff, who was serving a 150-year prison sentence as a result of a $65 billion Ponzi scheme, died in federal prison on April the 14th, where a dramatic final week led to him having two toes amputated while he suffered from hallucinations after declining dialysis to treat the disease. A week before Madoff died, the disgraced former financier reportedly screamed for assistance. When a nurse arrived, Madoff stared at the floor and wiggled his foot while yelling, Help! I hate this fucking place. 
When the nurse told Madoff to stop yelling because he was disturbing other inmates, Madoff replied, fuck them. Reasonable. The nurse then reportedly told Madoff to stop cursing and asked him what was wrong. Gave them a pass and no one is respecting me or doing anything. I can't believe they are doing this to me. An agitated Madoff replied, though he was too confused to explain to the nurse what the situation he was referencing. Oh, are you back, dude? Oh, come on, don't run away. I tried. I couldn't grab him. He's coming back. You want more? Come on. He wants to fuck with me, but he he doesn't want me to fuck with him. So then Madoff stopped answering questions, instead burying his face in his hands. He's under me again, goddammit! This cat, I swear, he's over there taunting me now. The fourth toe on his foot later had to be amputated as a result of gangrene, while the toe next to it also had to be amputated to prevent the infection from spreading further. Dolph's hallucinations became so severe. Hallucinations. I fucking love tripping. Why, why am I having a hard time saying that? Madoff's hallucination. Madoff's hallucination. <laughs> Fuck! Madoff's hallucination. <laughs> Madoff's hallucination. I'm fucking it up still. Oh, God. Madoff's hallucinations. 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 There we go. I was trying to say hallucinations. (laughs) Madoff's hallucinations became so severe that at one point he thought he saw a bird in a guard's pocket. While on other occasions, he believed people were lurking in his room at night. Disgraced financier also suffered from severe coronary artery disease which left him gasping for breath on short walks. He received methadone for pain, was put on oxygen tanks, and had lost eight teeth. Heroin Week was part of 17 months Madoff spent in prison's hospice care, though he attempted to apply for early release as a result of his terminal condition. He told prison officials that he planned to move to Baltimore for treatment at Johns Hopkins Hospital at one point, telling a social worker that he has several people that can assist and some who are indebted to him. Hallucination. Hallucination. Thank you, guys. You know who else is having hallucinations? The host over at Fox News. He hallucinated the uh, uh, author of Mein Kampf. Watch this motherfucker get confused. Check out his podcast, What the Hell is Going On with uh, Critical Race Theory. It was very good, very informative. Thank you, Mark, for appreciating it. Thank you, Mark. On the Princeton point here, you and I have discussed, at the college level, this is is fair game. Go ahead and do it, right? I mean, I remember 20 years old going to Trier, Germany, and trying to find the home of Karl Marx because, you know, 
1848, he wrote Mein Kampf. I want to know what it was all about. So that's part of the education in America. Right? I mean, I remember 20 years old going to Trier, Germany and trying to find the home of Karl Marx because, you know, 1848, he wrote Mein Kampf. I want to know what. Do you mean Das Kapital? Do you mean the Communist Manifesto? Because it wasn't Mein Kampf. It was all about. So that's part of the education in America if you so choose. So uh, that's that. More to come. But he's commenting on education in America. Yes, sir. I believe some of us in this country are incredibly uneducated. It was some sort of story about CRT, though. You know, critical race theory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idiot. I'm surprised he actually actually did state... Like, in Marx's time frame was... Das Capital written in nineteen or in 1848. 1848 he wrote the Communist Manifesto. That is what he was referring to. I'm amazed he knew the date. That just shows you, like, is that a Freudian slip? They're trying to intertwine the two? Right-wingers are morons. Get a little bit of critical race theory here. Let's get a real-life example. EasyJet attempted to remove two black boys. This is from the tweet I'm reading from. From the flight for huffing at a member of the crew. Absolutely disgusting. We've been delayed two hours in counting. Police on board. So mutiny on the Blaine. The Blaine is saying they're unfairly pulling them off the plane. So very short clip, though. We have a follow-up down here. I was hoping somebody would post an article, maybe. Happened a couple days ago. Surely somebody's wrote about it. I'll find out the details. I'll let you guys know. Yes, uh, they are there to sow misinformation. But now, if you listen to a conservative tell it, you know, They've been on defense. Now they need to go on offense against the cancel culture, against the culture wars. 
This looks like uh, what Stuart Varney on Fox Business Channel, and I don't know who his uh, guest here is. Who who the guest is here? Space Force Commander fired for condemning Marxism. What they're talking about? I don't know when this actually aired, but this is like a TP USA video where we're going to learn why conservatives need to play offense against cancel culture unsilenced majority they're launching an anti-cancel culture advocacy organization again it's entitled whoa 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 look at look at all this shit they put up here paw patrol aunt jemima uh fucking dr seuss i don't know what happened to spongebob what the fuck happened to spongebob i don't i don't know what they're calling cancel targets of cancel culture Multiple scenarios here are brands that rebranded themselves. Dr. Seuss fucking took their books out of publication. Gone with the Wind has like a disclaimer on Turner Classic Movies. Live PD is some fucking propaganda shit that went off the air. Is that uh, uh, what Chris Pratt? I don't. What did he do? I don't even fucking know. I don't even, what are they talking about? And what did SpongeBob do? Yes, George Washington was, I, I, I don't even know what specifically he's referring to. Like, sometimes he'll bring up like, uh, oh, the woke wanted to take down a statue of Abraham Lincoln. It's a very specific statue. And it's like Lincoln being white savior over a bunch of black slaves. Like, that are reaching up to him. and she, It's a really disgusting statue. So if there's, like, a statue of George Washington that's depicted like that, that people wanted to take down, cool. Or if they wanted to point out that George Washington didn't have wooden teeth. They actually had teeth removed from slaves, and his dentures were made from slave teeth. Maybe that's something they wanted to, you know, put out there. That seems to be what upsets the right wingers, but let's 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 hear him out. Let's hear out Stuart Warby. Unsilenced majority. Is this the way they're gonna do advertisements all over the place? They're trying to defend people who've been cancelled. Is this the way to counter the woke mob? This is the way to counter the woke mob. Uh I don't remember what the Captain Underpants thing was. I think like some Wasn't there a teacher that asked people to descri- like that asked children to describe their underwear or some shit, and that teacher got fired? I would I would think that would be the I think that's what the 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 Captain Underwear thing is about. Captain Underpants. There was like a teacher that asked children to describe their under like it was an. It seems like you know I'll oh, describe your underwear because we're reading this Captain Underpants blah blah blah, but like. You could take that as awfully creepy, and aren't these the anti-child molestation people? Like, that's that. I would assume that the teacher that got fired was like the QAnon fucks got them fired. This is the way to counter the woke mob. Uh, it, it's a great idea. I wish it came about a decade ago, but this is what you have to do. So you, you guys have to understand, um, conservatives are always being reactionary. We have to start playing offense, and there's going to need to be... Yes, yes, you are always reactionary. You are reactionary towards social change in favor of preserving the status quo. You don't have to play offense. You're already on offense. 
groups like this to help fight cancel culture. There's gonna have to be groups like Turning Point USA, which I'm a contributor to. I mean, we help kind of like fight the left and fight cancel culture on college campuses. So you take your millions of fucking dollars and you go out and you spew propaganda. Conservatives and people that have conservative leaning values need to start standing up, need to start playing offense. Conservatives are morons. Already starting at a deficit because the left has been going at this stuff for so long. But we need this group that you're speaking of. We need 10, 20, 50, 100 more groups just like them. Because for every group like this, I'm telling you, that is fighting this battle on the conservative side, there are about 100 more that are fighting the same battle on the left. And you know what? They have Hollywood. They have journalists, they have the media, they have celebrities, they have entertainment, they have all of that stuff. The only thing conservatives have is the truth. God damn. Sir, every boss that I've had throughout my 20 year media career has been a conservative. Every single one of them. And believe me, I've worked for many media entities. I've been fired numerous, numerous times. Every single boss I have ever had has been a conservative. Fuck you. And we need to start playing offense a lot more. God damn. Playing offense is all you fuckers do. You are defending the status quo. You have always been on the... Yes, RB. Conservatives are already offensive. But I agree that we need to fight cancel culture. At some... In rare instances. Like when a raccoon gets himself fucking stuck in a hole in a roof. I think we should uncancel culture that raccoon. Oh my god, they zoomed in on his butthole. Yeah, go get the raccoon. Look, 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 how does he get stuck like that? That's hilarious. His ass was too fat to go through the hole. What a cute little fucking raccoon. Oh my god. <laughs> this is what you call karma. Ripping up a roof and trying to squeeze through the hole. No, 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 no. You're getting karma. You're you're in his habitat. He's just a wild animal. You don't know what the fuck's going on. You're fucking with him. He did do a number on the roof. I'll give him that. Poor little dude is probably scared to death right now. Somebody's fucking with his legs. They gonna be able just to pull him out?
Oh, they're gonna have to pry the motherfucker. <laughs> oh, damn. This is like when we watched that bobcat that got stuck the other day, and they tried to free it. Like, ah, you don't want to. You don't want to be near it after you free it. I like raccoons. I think they're cute as fuck. Out he comes. Boom. Be nice to him. He freed you, dude. Chill, chill, chill. He ain't happy. Yeah, he looks scared as shit. Poor baby. Alright, so I just released him. Seems okay. Oh, oh. Oh, he's having a hard time walking after he's upside down for that long. <laughs> Look! <laughs> that's that's the, my favorite shot. Like, his ass. His legs straight up in the air. <laughs> I love it. Alright, if you're watching on Twitch, I was going to send you over to Riverboat Jack because it's been a while since I've raided her, but uh, she is playing Dark Souls. So I'll send you guys over to Son Soul, who is actually talking about some politics. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.